Hey everybody, I'm Alicia and welcome to the Medicine in Color podcast, a platform where I highlight the voices of men and women of color in all aspects of medicine and elevate their stories for the world to hear. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Medicine and Color podcast. If you don't know, now you know. I am the creator and host, Alicia Williams. Thank you for tuning in uh, to another episode this week. I appreciate your support. Um, the podcast following is growing, and I am too trying to evolve and grow how um, and what content I share with you. So I appreciate your support and your feedback to help make the podcast better. Um, as always, every episode, I kind of give you a little update on where I am in my process. Um, not much has changed since the last episode. Um, I am in the final stretch of my second term of medical school. Uh, we have about a month left in this term and lots of exams, um, studying practicals, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a beast, but I'm ready for it. And, um, Steady working towards my personal goal for my personal academic goal uh, for this term. I'm also starting to get a little more involved in um, in and out of school environment, and um, I'm being intentional about spending some time reading daily, like reading different things that are not um, school related, like not having to read a textbook or notes. Um, so whether that be keeping up on the latest news. Um, checking out articles about innovation from fast company, stuff like that. Uh, and just learning about stuff outside of medicine, which will help me kind of stay sane a little bit. Um, so that's pretty much for me. Not much else is happening. I'm looking forward to the break that we have coming up in between our terms, um, at the end of February. So, um, continue with the theme of the inaugural episodes, uh, centered on the stories, of black women in all aspects of medicine. Um, my guest for today is student pharmacist and the hometown homie, <laughs> one time for Savannah. Um, she is in the final stretch of her PharmD program in the St. Louis area, uh, and she is a proud graduate of Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, after she finished her um, bachelor's degree in biology at Spelman, she spent um, her immediate postgrad years kind of in the workforce uh, and then eventually applied to... Uh, pharmacy school and was accepted. So she is pretty active on campus as a professional student and is a member of a ton of things, including um, professional pharmaceutical fraternity. Uh, she's a student ambassador, um, a tutor, and uh, just a couple of things to name. Um, but when she's not beasting it in the classroom, doing extremely well, she's running random 5Ks and um, cooking up work in the kitchen. So uh, here's my conversation with uh, student Dr. Ashley Schumann. First and foremost, I just first and foremost, I just want to say um, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast uh, and uh, repping the home team. You're from no Savannah. Problem. <laughs> problem. Yeah. Seaport all day, Savannah, Georgia, all day. Um, and so let's start out by telling folks who you are, 
uh, and what you do or where you are in your, your process of your career in health slash medicine? Okay. Um, so my name is Ashley Schumann. Um, I am currently a pharmacy student at St. Louis College of Pharmacy in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a P3 or um, a third year professional student in the program. So have a year and a half to go. Ooh. So I, you know, I'm on the home home stretch right now. You yeah. know, May 16, 2020 is, there we go. is what I'm trying to get to yes. right now. So. <laughs> um, and so like before you got to that point, um, I think we should let the folks know that you went to Spelman. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And I'm a proud grad of the illustrious Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. So, yes. <clears throat> so the transition from, I mean, it's been a few years, so the transition from uh, undergrad at Spelman to uh, pharmacy school, what was that like? Like, what did you, did you go straight in or what did you do? Right. So, um, I did not. Um, so, I graduated with my bachelor's in biology. Spelman in 2010. Okay. Um, and after that, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I was thinking about pharmacy, physical therapy, a few other things at the time. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take a break. You know, take about two, three year break, get, you know, my life together, make sure I can pass these entrance tests and, um, you know, go from there. So that ended up, those two to three years ended up actually being five years. So mm -hmm. um, I graduated in 2010 and I didn't get into pharmacy school until 2015. Okay. So um, in between that time, you know, I worked um, in management for Target. I know random. <laughs> I had a degree in biology, but, you know, hey. whatever paid the bills. Yep. Um, yep. During that time, I actually did apply to pharmacy school and, um, 2012, 2013, and I didn't get in. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a really hard blow for me because, you know, I'm so used to being, you know, that smart kid that always does well. She always passes us. Like, she, she does great at everything. So how could I, you know, not get accepted in pharmacy school? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I realized there were some things I needed to um take care of as far as like my application it wasn't the best so you know after like soaking for a while and being disappointed you know I got back on the ball you know um I looked into some other options um as far as you know what I was going to take peak pad or you know try and go into the program a different way and what I actually ended up doing was um transferring into uh St. Louis College of Pharmacy, or still top as we call it, um, undergrad program mm. for extra years. So I actually did an extra year, uh, extra year of undergrad, and then these four years of professional school for pharmacy, to where I can get a second bachelor. So yeah. that extra year that I did was to um, get a second bachelor's that I got in May um, 2017. Okay. So right. um, you know, I I thought to do that to make myself more marketable um, in our profession. Because now with, you know, so many pharmacy schools all over the country, you know, you have to set yourself apart. You yeah. have to, you know, be marketable, be somebody that they will want to have on their team. And, you know, I just felt like having the bachelors, the one bachelors in the B might not do it. So I was like, well, 
why not get a second bachelor's? Why don't mm-hmm. you get a second degree? So that's what I ended up doing, um, getting in. Um, I got scholarships. I was like, you know, I have I have no kids. I'm not married. You know, I love the South. I love yeah. the South. I love it. And I miss it a lot. But, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, 20, at the time I was 27. So I was like, well, you know, let me take this leap of faith and go to St. Louis, Missouri and, you know, start, you know, the next chapter of my life. So, and now I'm here almost about to graduate. So. Yeah. That's good. So, so what's, um, like, what is, what's pharmacy school been like? What is that process? So what, let me ask this question. What is the normal, so to speak, normal process? Like, how does pharma, getting into pharmacy school work? Uh, we so, have, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, so what is that, yeah, what is that process normally like? So the normal process um, is usually most schools um, in the United States, you know, you get a uh, four-year bachelor's, a do two-year of undergrad coursework, and then you go um, apply to pharmacy school. It's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, med school, dental school. You take a you know, MCAT with us, you know, you take the PCAT, mm-hmm. um, that entry, um, entrance test that I was talking about before, um, along with their application. Now, uh, Still Cop is unique, along with a few other schools, kind of like FAMU and um, some other six-year programs to where they do those two years of undergrad coursework and then can go right into, you know, the professional program of our um, where I transitioned in is that my school transitioned over to a seven-year program. So instead mm-hmm. of, you know, going straight from high school to a farm D in six years, it's now a seven-year program where you can now get a bachelor's and get a farm D as well, kind of shaving off that one year yeah. if you did it traditionally, like getting an undergrad degree, mm-hmm. um, a four-year coursework, and then, you know, completing your farm D um within eight years. So I transferred into kind of like that, that uh, year four or five of the program. Mm-hmm. So or whatnot. And that's how I was able to get that uh, second bachelor's or whatnot with being able to transfer um, all the credits I had from Spelman. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty good move for me. You know, I, I consider myself to still be young. So yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just turned 30, but not still young. Listen, we're young. We're young. 30 is young. 30 (laughs) is a new 20, according to Jay-Z. Right. So, (laughs) like, for me, it wasn't an issue of doing, like, an extra year of coursework, you know, and then going into the farming program. I was, like I said before, I'm trying to make myself marketable and be the best candidate for, you know, the jobs that I want to get and apply for or whether I want to get residency after. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's kind of another thing probably people don't know about uh, pharmacy school or pharmacists as well, we have the option to do residencies mm-hmm. um, thereafter. You can either do a one-year, two-year, they're called PGY1, PGY2 residencies, okay. where that first year is normally kind of like a, a basic um, year, general uh, classwork where you might be you know, at a school teaching, doing things like that. And that second year, you'll have the opportunity if you choose to uh, do a two-year uh, residency to where you can specialize. Mm-hmm. 
then um, things like cardiology, nephrology, oncology, things like that. So um, it's pretty exciting, I feel like, for the uh, profession of pharmacy because I think a lot of people don't actually know what we do yeah, <laughs> and don't know how prevalent we are, how important we are to the healthcare field, and um, that, you know, we're everywhere. You just might not know it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, and so you mentioned like the, the time you didn't get in. I think a lot of people think that that may not be in the, I guess, health profession or may, that may be interested in going like young, when they come out of undergrad or whatever, think that it's uncommon for you not to get accepted the first time. Yeah. And it's very common. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's very like it happens to a lot of people. A lot of people yes. get yes. accepted the first time. And then a whole lot of people don't get accepted the first time, whether it be pharmacy school or medical school or whatever. It's just, it, people think that it's kind of uncommon or may think that it's uncommon. Uh, and so you talked about kind of like how that was a blow to your ego a little bit. And so how did you rebound? Like, what did you like create a strategy to rebound from not getting in the first time around? You know, I... Honest with you, I really didn't have a strategy. It was like, you know, okay, after that soaking, after being disappointed in myself, it's like you kind of, I just kind of got myself out of that because it was like, okay, well, I know I'm not going to be working at Target for the rest of my life. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be selling phones at Spring for the rest of my life. This is not my calling. It's not what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I just had to figure out what it was that I need to make myself to be a better, stronger candidate. So after that little bit of time, it was more so just me intrinsically telling myself, well, this this current state of where I'm in, where I'm at right now in my life, the job I'm in right now is not where I'm supposed to be. Where I'm supposed to be is in pharmacy school, getting that doctorate, so I can get to the career to where I can, you know, change lives and do something good, yeah. you know? So it was just mostly for me knowing that this wasn't the ending, like, you know, for me, what, what I realized about myself is like, and you never realize until, you know, bad things happen. It's like, but dang, I'm really strong. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> I've had a few blows in my life, and, you know, I just hop over these hurdles. It might take a little bit longer than what I expected, but I get it done at yeah. the end of the day. And that's what, you know, I feel like people need to realize. There's definitely going to be some blows to the ego. You're, you're going to fail some things. Whether it be a test, whether whatever it be in life, but you just gotta realize you're stronger than whatever your current situation is. You you know you have a purpose, you know where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So as long as you remember that, you can get through whatever it is and you keep going for what you want. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um so. that's one of the things I uh like I wrote I, I wrote out a plan for myself at like sixteen. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go to uh, Duke Medical School and um, finish medical school residency by the time I was 24, um, be married with two and a half kids by like 27. Um, And here I am, a first year medical student at 30. (laughs) I just I turned 30 like a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now. Um, And so it's like, thank you very much. Um, It's like... Uh, we write out plans. We have these ideas that we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And God says, uh, maybe not right now. And yeah, but it's a good learning experience. Like, so I, you know, I learned a ton of stuff in between 
when I finished undergrad and when I started medical school now and that process. So what, I guess, what is one of the greatest lessons like you learned? And you talked about the idea that you are much stronger than you thought you were. Um, but in addition to that, like what lessons did you learn along the way in between like finishing undergrad and starting pharmacy school and now? You know, and a lot of people realize it's the same this now, but it's really true. You you learn the lessons of like you can't compare your journey to somebody else's. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was thinking about all my friends, you know, from undergrad, you know, going straight to grad school or getting these corporate jobs and things like that, and here I am, you know, working at Target as a as a team leader, you know, like dealing with craziness every day it's yeah. like you can't take your your journey for granted and where you are you have to realize you're supposed you're where you're supposed to be and you're going to get to wherever you're supposed to be at your own pace and your own time like that I think that's the biggest lesson I learned that it was okay that I didn't go straight to school after I graduated it was okay that uh, you know, the jobs that I had had nothing to do with my undergrad degree. You know, in between that time, yeah, I applied to pharmacy school. I didn't get in. But I had some really good times. Yeah. Like, you know, I lived in Atlanta. I had my best friends there. You know, I, I had a good time in between. Yeah. Too. So it wasn't like I was just living in poverty, like not doing anything. You know, I was still living life. Now, where I... Was I where I wanted to be at the time? No, but it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I realized. It was completely fine what I was doing. I was getting myself together to make sure I could be the stellar student that I am now. Yeah. To, you know, get to where I wanted to be with this with this degree. So that's the big lesson that I learned is I was going to be just fine. I was going to get where I wanted to be in my own time at my own pace. And yeah. That was okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think I've seen it. I've seen the quote a couple of times. Uh, uh, comparison is an act of violence against the self. Yes, and it is. yeah, it's 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 easy to um, especially. I mean, it's easy to compare yourself to other people in general, particularly in I mean the social media world, but also you know in these in professional school. I, I will say, like since I've started school, it's just easy to be like, oh well, this person is further along than me. They they've read this chapter. They've done this lecture already, and I haven't. Um, but it's it's important to like stay grounded, and yeah. and not because you lose your mind trying to compare yourself to people. Like literally, you do, and that's why I stopped. Yeah, <laughs> especially just in life and in school too, because at the end of the day, each one of you, your you know your cohort, the people I in school with we all got a spot so we don't need to necessarily exactly. compete against each other anymore we were competing to get in and yeah. we're here yeah so i don't need to compare myself to you no i don't want to you know stay after class after the test to talk about grades and stuff oh gosh I'm that's the worst I, I, hate it. I don't yeah. need to compare what i think i got to you we yeah. be good over here like i'm gonna keep it moving and i'm gonna do me like you shouldn't be worried about me either at the end of the day the only thing you should be worried about is making sure we pass and exactly. get this degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. That that after exam, um, stand around. What was this question? What was that? That's the worst. Always the worst. 
made it. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to leave now, and I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I definitely need a nap. Um, yeah. And so, so, all right, so now you're in St. Louis, and um, you're in farm school. Like, you are almost at the point where you, you've reached a part of the goal, and you're almost across the finish line. Uh, and so what has been like, talk about what pharmacy school has been like for you. Like what, um, what that has been, have you had to like adjust the way in which you think about, um, maybe material, the way just to, have you had, what has pharmacy school been like, it's been like for you? So, um, pharmacy school actually has not been that bad for me. That's good. Yeah. So now as far as is this a struggle? Absolutely. Being, being a grad student itself is a struggle because you have to figure out how to balance your time between your, you know, your studies, your friends, your family, maintaining your relationships, making sure you still can work so you can pay your bills. Because, yeah. you know, at 30, my parents ain't giving me money anymore. I yeah. still have to take care of myself. So it's stressful and it's a struggle in that sense, making sure I have time for even myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the hardest thing, you know, making sure um, I allot enough time for myself, for my family and friends. Um, but school itself has not been an issue at all. Um, that's good. Yeah. You know, I haven't really struggled that much. Now, has it been a class? Or two that's like, all right, you know, if I get a C plus in this, I'm completely okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? See me through, see me through. So, you just don't get that. Everything else, get an A, you know, B plus, but this right here is completely okay. Like, I'm not even mad. All right, that's strong C. So, <laughs> there's been a few classes like that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not just, I'm not saying I'm just walking around here just busting out A's in every class, but I do pride myself in, you know, being a good student. Like, at first, you know, once I got down, I was like, all right, I got to be eight, everything. I, I got to be eight plus, like, that's what it's about. But I was like, I was trying to kill myself, trying to do that. And when I realized, yeah, I'm still a good student if I get a B plus. If I know I tried my hardest in that class, as far as, you know, um, studying, I actually put the time in that yeah. I needed to, then I'm good. Like, so... You know, I, I realized that, that, like, getting an A in every class is not the thing. As long as I make sure I'm rotating the information, because that's yeah. the most important thing, um, then I'm I'm good. So, pharmacy school, it, it, I'm not trying to make it seem like it, it is easy. It's not. But mm-hmm. I learned how to navigate throughout the curriculum and program and understanding and knowing myself and how I retain information. Um, it's been easy in that sense for me. Yeah. Um, at this point in the curriculum, so. Okay. Cool. Cool. And and we talked a little bit off- offline about like um, using your time in school strategically, yes, and absolutely. also uh, being actively engaged and not just only study, study, study. And so, like, what do you do on campus? Like, what do you do outside of the idea of just going to class, reading, studying, all that stuff? Right. So when we're talking, when we were talking about being strategic, I told you I do certain things um, at the school because I feel like it's very important as me as a a student of color, um, a woman of color, 
in my program that I see, that we are seeing, mm-hmm. and that I make sure I represent us in a good light. So um, that's why I make sure, you know, on campus, I have really, really good relationships with a lot of my professors. And I do that on purpose, not only because, you know, I might need them in the future, but I need them to know that students like me, myself, women of color, um, are very smart. We're very intelligent. We, we, we deserve to be here. We, we belong here. We, we can do whatever any other student can do at this campus. So, yeah. um, I'm a student ambassador for the school. So essentially what that is, is I, I'm one of the faces of the school. So I work like special events, like alumni events, reunion events. I give tours um to people on campus and out of 23 student ambassadors there's only four of us that are you Hmm. know of color and only two of us that are women Mm -hmm. of of color so you know i again i feel like that's important for them to see a thriving you know intelligent you know smart black woman on this campus that's doing the thing yeah you know i just i just want to make sure that even though I'm not from the Midwest, you know, I probably won't come back that much after I graduate, but still I want to make an impact while I'm there because I yeah. feel like I can make it easier for other black women um, students who come after me. Yeah. Um, I'm also a tutor. Um, I tutor some of my therapeutic classes like cardiology and pulmonary, and um, I'm in a, a pharmaceutical fraternity mm-hmm. as well. So I do. I actually keep myself pretty occupied outside of school yeah. um, and work as well. So That's good. That's good. That's good. So um, you're also getting ready to go to Guatemala yes. for a trip there. What is, what's, what's going to happen on that trip? Like what, what will you be doing? Right. So um, I'm going on a trip with my school and Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. to um, Guastoya, Guatemala um, to build houses, help build houses for farmers there, you know, Habitat Humanities, you know, just in the United States. That's what they normally do on a normal basis. We're just taking it, you know, across the borders. And um, it's actually a class for me as well. So it's the um, international service learning class. Like, it's not just a fun trip. I'm going there to work. I also take classes. I have to write papers. And I thought it would be something, you know, great for me to do because, you know, even as a a black woman, you know, a double minority, you know, I like to think that I'm, you know, culturally confident because there's no way I can have bias and anything like that. I'm black and I'm a woman. (laughs) But (laughs) at the end of the day, like, we all subconsciously have, you know, biases where we, and that's not saying, you know, you're racist or anything like that. You judge people, but that's just things that are inherent from, you know, the things that we've seen growing up. Yeah things that have been taught to us and, and there's nothing wrong with that it's just you knowing how to keep it in check mm-hmm. you know so that's why I felt like it was important for me to get the opportunity to go out of the country to experience a different kind of people to experience a different kind of culture that I've never been around so you know to make myself more aware of you know those unconscious biases I might have and to you know make myself aware that you know the patients I might see you know in the future are not going to be y'all like me I'm not going to be able to relate to people you know because you know you're black or you know you're a woman I need to be able to relate in other ways to people as well who who look different from me or who are different from me in general so that's why I thought it was um, important for me 
to go on this trip to where, you know, I'm also giving back to the community, but I'm also giving back to myself by, you know, taking away some knowledge and learning. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and um, talk about what, so again, we're both from Savannah and uh, yeah, talk about yeah. <laughs> how your upbringing has kind of influenced the way in which you move in the world, the, the, your work ethic, um, your, maybe your desire to pursue a career in medicine. Um, yeah. So how is your upbringing kind of what, what guidance have you, have you received from your family uh, that has allowed you to move to the point where you are now? So I would say my upbringing probably has a good bit to do why I feel the need to want to help people. You know, yeah. being from the South, especially being from Savannah, everybody's nice. Yeah. You know everybody. You know, probably that person, your cousin around the corner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it, it, growing up in Savannah, it was homely. You know, I felt good. I, you know, I, I had a care childhood. I mean, it's, it wasn't like we were rich or anything like that, but for anything, you know, growing up, I mean, just being around family and just people and friendly people and then also I went with my family on my mom's side to go to college and get like a graduate degree, you know, those influences help as well because, you know, I want to make sure I make my mom proud, my family proud, you know, my dad proud and see that, you know, can get out of, you know, Savannah because, you know, some, you know how it is. There's some, sometimes people just tend to want to stay, never yeah. get out of the city, never explore anything. Like, you know, they think that Atlanta is the best thing popping, like, yeah. the country, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I feel like for me, it's like there's a lot more to life than, you know, just the city you were born in, like, trust me, I love going back home, but yeah. I, there's more out here, there's more for me to do than just in Savannah, there's there's more for me to get back to in, in different parts of the country, so I feel like growing up in Savannah, you know, in that southern um, household, is definitely still for me to, number one, be friendly, be kind to people, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just want to help people. Yeah. And you know, make make my city and my family proud of me that I'm I'm doing something. You know, for the good of everybody. You know, because when you go into the healthcare field, you you kind of like a a careless person because essentially you're going to be giving a lot of your life to other people. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So, um, I just think that was already instilled in me, and they're they're big reason why I wanted to go into the healthcare field. Let them know, you know, these things can be done. We can we can be doctors. We can we can have these all contribute, you know, so yeah. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Um so and, and another for me, um, you know, I think the older I get, the more I'm um I notice how uh being Southern and, and my own upbringing has really contributed to everything I do pretty much. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. the desire to, like you said, the desire to care for people, to take care of folks. Um, but also, you know, I, I care a good deal about civic engagement. Um, yeah. and 
local policy and what's going on in the city that I'm in. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just all of it. Like I think about all of how the way, of course, my parents influence what I do. Um, but where I, where we were raised, uh, also contributes to that too. Uh, and a desire to get out of it. Cause when, when I left, um, let's see, I finished under, finished grad school and Statesboro at Georgia Southern. I went to DC and like just moving out of getting out of Savannah. And that yeah. really just, it really influenced the way that I think, like just opened my mind. I, I saw different things. I also went to Ghana, right. went, to, went out of the country for the first time while I was in grad school, um, which was great. And so let's talk. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about travel and whether it be travel or uh, like whether it be domestic travel or international travel, how that has um, opened your your view of things. You talk a little bit about that in terms of like going to Guatemala. But um, what if there's like a place that you've been that has really uh, shaped the way or reshaped the way that you kind of think it could be local for me. It, it could be domestic rather. It, for me, it was the transition of going from uh, the South to DC, which is still, I guess you could say kind of sort of South. Well, um, yeah. But yeah. I definitely, and it's funny because, you know, being 30, I, I really haven't traveled that much outside of the country except for like, you know, when I went to, uh, went to Canada, Dominican Republic for, you know, my birthday last, no, not even last year, this, this year in May. Or what not, you know, besides going to like, you know, different cities um, in the United States. But that's a good thing to bring up because moving from Atlanta, Georgia yeah. to St. Louis, Missouri mm-hmm. was a whole different type of like transition. Like, I think I still get used to being in here like yeah. after three years because like the culture of the Midwest, like, the people are completely different. But this this city, I, I will say I appreciated St. Louis for opening my eyes and seeing a different type of culture and a different type of city to where I've never, because I've always been the South, you know? Yeah. I was either in Savannah for 18 years until I went to Spelman, mm-hmm. and then after Spelman, I just stayed in Atlanta. So I've always been in Georgia. Yeah. That's all I've seen, you know? So coming here at 27 to St. Louis was definitely an eye-opener. It was like, oh, my gosh. Everybody's, you know, not like me. You know, yeah. you know things that I think inherently to do, not everybody does. And that's okay. I just learned I need to just, you know, have my eyes open a little bit more, be a little bit more aware of my surroundings yeah. or whatnot. But I appreciate <laughs> the time that I've been here because I met amazing people here you know some bonds that I feel like will last you know a lifetime and um you know the city's pretty fun in the summer yeah I will say I'm, I do not appreciate this cold weather the winter like, yeah you know anything below 70 to me is cold yeah so. yeah <laughs> um I, I'm frequently grumpy all the time because I'm always cold yeah. but <laughs> yeah, winter man winter yeah winter in cold cities that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, winter in cold cities is um not fun. Like, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, let me not say it's not. It, it it's, it's not a challenge to get accustomed to. <laughs> it's a challenge to get accustomed to. Um, so let's do some fun questions. Okay. Um, and my questions will will are supposed to kind of sort of be uh, rapid fire, but your answer does not necessarily have to be super fast. 
Okay. okay. All right. And so if you had to choose, would you fly or would you take a road trip? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, uh, road trips. Road trips are fun. Okay. You know, all right. All right. Talk, you know, converse, you know, have a little, you know, concert in the car. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Trip. All right. All right. And so who who would be in your car on your ideal road trip? Like. Anybody? 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 You? Who? Who do you think would make the best road trip team? Like, if y'all were pick, let's say pick three people. Cardi B. Okay. I know that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be quite the interesting uh, road trip. And yeah. My friend Brittany Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's definitely the turn up uh, person of my friend group. Um. Yeah, those two. I, I could have a I could have really good fun. Okay. A road trip. Like I don't know, I feel like in my mind I'm friends with Cardi B. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into that. <laughs> Just make sure you shoot her a text message um after our conversation and tell I her will. Y'all, tell I her will. y'all going on a road trip. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, all right, so if you could switch places with one person for a week, who would it be and why? That is a good question. Um, so at my school, there's um, she she's a pharmacist. Um, she works for the administration. She's our um, director of professional programs. Her name's mm-hmm. Kalina, Doctor Kalina Cochran. Um, mm-hmm. I would want to trade uh, like trade spaces with her for a week just to see what her her role at conferences because, you know, mm-hmm. talking to her, she said she wanted to come back to our school because there wasn't a lot of people that looked like her mm-hmm. at our school. She wanted to make sure, you know, students of color had somebody, um, a support system, you know, to go to. So I just want to see how, you know, her week goes as far as handling um, the things that she does and how she moves. And yeah, yeah, I think that'd be dope. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, what what um, music are you listening to right now? Um, so I've been listening to uh, um, PJ Morton, um, and I like Chloe and Halle a lot. <laughs> okay, I haven't got a chance to listen to their CD, but I heard it was good. You said CD. That's hilarious. You what? said CD because now people people don't even buy CDs anymore. We, well, we stream everything. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They're CDs. laughs> still listen to me. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Well, what what CDs? <laughs> what, what music are you listening to right now? Um, right now, I am listening to uh, Meek Mill's CD. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. Um, Ella May, mm. I've been listening to. Okay. I, I like her. My mind is her talking. Like, I can deal with that for, you know, talking at the end of her songs, but. You but like her part, music. Okay. I, I got you. I got you. Oh, I have to also add her. I've been listening to her recently quite a bit. Mm, yeah, um, she's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And let's see. Um, 
what is, do you have a random like hobby? What do you just random, something random that you like to do? Well, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's random, but it's random in the fact that I do it at random times. So I like to okay. sign up for a 5Ks okay. of races and run them. And it's, and when I mean it's random, it's really random. It's like all throughout the <laughs> like year. Like, um, it's kind of like a, a, a mental thing for me. So I just did the the uh, Allstate Hot Chocolate 5K mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. Um, like two weeks ago. And uh, it was definitely 18 degree weather that I was running in. Yeah, more power so to you. More power to you. that's definitely like a... Like a mental thing there, because I'm like, I'm about to die, but, you know, I can make it through. So um, the other race I did before that was, it was called the Trap Run in August. So mm-hmm. that that was um, organized by a local um, historic black community here mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Um, they called it the Trap Run because they had DJs all throughout the uh, race uh, route, um, kind of displaying this historic black community. So we were running throughout the community you know, to kind of display it off to, you know, other people who might not come around that area to see it. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty dope. And um, my cooking is random, too. I love to cook, but it's random because when school starts, it's just so hard. It's yeah. just so hard yeah. to, like, cook on a consistent basis. I would probably save a lot of money, too, if I did, but, you know. Such as life. So. That's real. Yeah, I'm I'm a um, meal prepper. I like to uh, prep my food typically on the weekends, or sometimes like maybe I'll prep somewhere in the middle of the week. But yeah, I'm a meal prepper. You know, I say I'm gonna try that, and it just it just never happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. That's real. All right. So my last question for you is, um, when it's all said and done, like when you are done with, you know, you finish your process through school. You maybe you work for a bit. Um, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Wow. It's a pretty in-depth question there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's really simple. You know, I want my legacy to be, you know, that I was able to be remembered for doing good things at the end of the day you know mm-hmm. you don't have to necessarily remember that I was a I was a doctor of pharmacy or I was a spellman and things like that but just know that I was able to impact my community some type of way mm-hmm. and so for sure that's also another reason why I wanted to go into a healthcare profession because you don't see a lot of people like us whether it is being a, a dentist pharmacist a physician mm-hmm. you know um it's important that we are represented to let, you know, the culture know that we can do this, you know, and that we are important mm-hmm. and that we, we are valued. So really at the end of the day, I just want my legacy to be that people remember me for just doing, trying to reach out to the community and doing great things for my community. You know, so it's, it's not even about me being, like a future doc anything it's just that they know that I was doing something to further help my community out my people and my culture so yeah, that's it was for the culture that's yeah saying, right? for the culture for the culture <laughs> uh I actually said I had one last question but I'm going to add another question in there um what in terms of uh your goals your professional goals so 
what options have you looked at for pharmacy? Because uh, people think maybe pharmacy is just, they go into Walgreens or CVS right, and that's absolutely. it. So yeah. I'm glad we asked this because it is such like the, it's so interesting that now at this point in 2018, like I still have to explain to people mm -hmm. <laughs> what pharmacists do, where we work. So, I mean, we're, we're the most, you know, accessible healthcare professional, you know, in the country, you know, with us being in, you know, retail pharmacies at Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, things like that. But we're also, you know, have the opportunity to do other things. Like when I was saying, you know, um, pharmacists, we have the opportunity to do residencies. Like those people who do those residencies and they specialize in those different, you know, fields, those are considered to be clinical pharmacists. So mm -hmm. those are the pharmacists you see rounding with physicians, you know, um, they see patients too, you know, they, you know, you have prescribing pharmacists who, you know, um, are able to, you know, manage people's medications, just like, you know, physicians, doctors do. Um, there's pharmacists that work in nuclear pharmacy. Like for mm -hmm. me specifically, what I want to do is, um, I'm looking at more so to um, consulting pharmacy, regulatory policy. So, like, one, you know, our last year of pharmacy school, we do these things called rotations, you know, and other programs. You might call them clinicals, whatever you want to call them for your specific program. But they're five-week, um, eight to five-week rotations where we go in different um, areas of pharmacy and essentially we work <laughs> for free. But that's where we get the chance, you know, to um, show what we've learned in a yeah. real life pharmacy setting. Yeah. And so, like, one of the rotations that I applied to and I got is at the Food Drug Administration, so the FDA in uh, D.C. Mm -hmm. that I'll be doing next year, where I'll be learning about regulatory um, processes and policy that deals with uh, pharmacy. And, you know, a pharmacist will be my preceptor or my boss for those five weeks showing me those things and learning those things so those are the type of things that i want to do i actually want to work in pharmacy say on the back end okay that won't be that much into patient care but i'm still helping in another way with policy and regulatory processes so mm -hmm. that's um where i want to work in or the field of pharmacy i want to work in but yeah there's a lot of opportunities for uh pharmacists out here um nowadays and I, as just not just a, a pharmacy student of color, you know, I just want people to know that um, people who are thinking about getting into pharmacy, like you're important, you're just, your role is very important to the healthcare uh, team, you know, your value. And sometimes you might have to advocate for your profession mm -hmm. as, you know, a lot of us are doing now since, you know, still there's this perception of people don't really know what we do outside of being a retail pharmacist. So I just tell people not to get discouraged because at the end of the day, we're all important pieces to a bigger puzzle when it comes to making sure that, you know, we can have the best, best healthcare outcomes, you know, for patients at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> so uh, for aspiring pharmacists, uh, you kind of touched on just a little bit just now. Mm -hmm. What um, piece of advice would you give them? Or maybe not even just pharmacists. For for young people that um, aspire to pursue a career in a health profession or medicine, what would you give? What advice would you give them? 
the advice that we give them is that you, at the end of the day, you got this. Like, no matter what obstacle comes in your way, like, pharmacy school, medical school, dental school, they are not meant to be easy. Yeah. They, they are hard programs, but at the end of the day, you are smart enough to get through these programs. You need to make sure you seek out other people um, like yourself, you know, other students of color, because um, this is not a competition at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're going to need somebody else to help you through. You're going to have to need um, have a support system. So you to reach out to other people. Don't be scared to reach out if you need help. Yeah. Because that's the worst thing you do is wait. It's almost halfway through the semester. You fell in the class and you like, I can't help. Like, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. If you're older students, I know a lot of us older students, you know, like to think, you know, we're too prideful because it's like, you know, you're 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 26, 27, 30, whatever, and you're like, yep. I'm in class and all this, and you don't want to reach out. It's like at this point, you got to get over that. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to make sure you pass these classes. You got to make sure you do what you said you was gonna do. You was gonna finish this degree mm-hmm. and you know finish out, you know, everything that you have set for yourself. Those goals, that journey that you're on. Just just get it done. Make sure you get it done and make sure you happen and don't let anything or anyone discourage you from it. So Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think uh ego plays it like you know, you yeah, want like I can do this, I can do it alone, I'm good. Um but that's yeah, you can't and that's even a good lesson just in life in general, not necessarily just for school, is when you need help, ask for help. Right. And you'll be better off because you did ask for help. Yeah, because you know, like I said, I haven't really been struggling that much as far as classes per se, but do I have a support team like of students? Like, yes, it's, it's six of us. It's three of us, like um, black women and then black guys. Six of us make sure we, you know, one of us can make the class. That other person got those notes. Somebody need help with something. Okay, I'm pretty good with this. So I got you. You, you don't know this. Okay, she makes sure we know this. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think that that's gotten me through being able to have those people that I can turn to when I do need them and they can do the same with me. If it's anything I can help them with any, and not just them specifically, that's my specific support team, but any student of color that I can help, I will go to my way to do it. Yeah. Cause I want to see all of this when at the end of the day, Yeah, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. You gotta make sure you have a strong team of people. And um, when others need help, be willing to say yes to. That's good. Now, also, you got to be willing to understand that some people you might have to let go. So yeah, be mindful of that, too. So I would just, that's the advice I would just give. You know, just, just move smart. Be smart about, you know, the decisions you make trying to get here and just stay focused. Yeah. Good, good. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. No problem. Um, thank you for being a part of the podcast. And uh, no yeah, this was good. This is good.